Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have a very special out of order episode, and this is on the recent release of the 2021 zombie heist film, The Army of the Dead. This is directed by Zack Snyder. It stars Dave Bautista, Ala Purnell, Omari Hardwick, Anna De La Regura, Theo Rossi, Matthias Schweighofer, Nora Arnides, Hiroko Sanada, Tig Notoro, Raul Castillo, Huma Qureshi, and Gary Dillahunt. I have stuffed a lot of those names up. I apologize. Huge cast, huge film that has been hitting the world um, quite largely the last week or so. And if you're listening in the past, then obviously, um, oh, sorry, in the future, that this is in the past. I hope that you've uh, seen this film because I will be spoiling this completely. Um, this is a you know, a a podcast that's going to discuss the film, scenes, characters, how it was made, all that sort of stuff. So if you did want to watch this film, please make sure you give us a pause now and come back a bit later on because um, I'm excited to talk about this film and this has been on the horizon um, as as something that I was excited to see. So let's get into it and I start off with the fast flicks where do a quick summary of the film and this one is it's during a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. There's a team of carefully selected mercenaries who break into the city in the hope of walking away with a large cash reward. That's the general um, consensus for this one. So what's what's the making of this one got to tell us? What's, what's well, you know, how has this one been put together? And this is a, a bit of a long and winding story, I guess, because Zack Snyder, he wrote the first draft for this about 10 years ago. And, you know, he drew all his own storyboards for the film. He had a lot of, um, a lot of thoughts prior to, to getting this one to the screen about what he wanted to do. And... A lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about here, Netflix actually, um, to coincide with the release of this film, put out a 28-minute making of uh, on Netflix called Creating an Army of the Dead. So interesting if you enjoy the film to go back and see some of the, the things of how this was put together. But um, and, and you know most of this stuff that I'm going to talk about comes from these six sections of this little mini documentary. The, the first part's um, called deconstructing Vegas and it talks about how they built the city the second little parts about the shamblers and the, they discuss this content library that they had to put together for the movement of all the zombies then they talk about the alphas um, and, and you know the length and time it took to get the makeup done for a lot of these zombies um, there's a zombie horse and a tiger and, and they talk about this tiger how they actually researched Carol Baskin's uh, tigers from the the Netflix hit show uh, the Tiger King if you're interested in that and uh, then finally they talk a bit about the cinematography and and Snyder discusses you know he bought lenses for, to make this film off eBay and and he does mention this common theme that we hear over and over again about Netflix and his love of Netflix because he said you know Netflix heard about the film and said sounds amazing you know go do it so he said there have been nothing but supportive and it's been an amazing experience so I think uh, Netflix again big tick of approval from Zack Snyder with this one the prior to Netflix getting involved Warner Brothers had the rights um, but Netflix took over started filming in the summer of 2019 a budget of about 90 million so big big budget um for this one and you can tell in the way that this one actually looks uh there was there's certain scenes as this red camera package that they intentionally blew up during this car crash in the opening scene and you know they had to go and find the the sd card um to to get the footage and um that, that's a cool little story about this one i guess um and and vegas plays a big part in this and the crew they couldn't gain access to a lot of the high rooftops in vegas so they scanned the actual strip. Um, so this team came up with all these different plans and they spent 12 days using like scissor lifts, drones, helicopter with a scanner and they got all these above shots to digitally scan the city in which is super, super cool when you watch this film. Um, and um, I guess the, the other sort of thing is that 
anything that the actors did touch was practical. So there are a lot of practical effects in this film as well as these visual ones that we speak about. Um, and the the guy that actually did the visual the visual effects uh, did the visual effects for Bird Box and Bright, and they're two Netflix films that um, we have covered on this show. So if you wanted to check those ones out, then uh, feel free to, to head back into our catalogue. Uh, Snyder does have a, an interesting way of filming, and, and he chose to shoot this almost entirely with natural light. And I, I love the the feel that he gets by um, doing this throughout this film. There's um uh, I guess there's there's a little story here where there was a, a visual gag from the film that that had a male stripper and there is a lot of Vegas centric characters and, and um, connections that you see. There's Elvis impersonator zombies. There's people getting married, all that sort of stuff. And there was a male stripper and he had this huge uh, phallus that had a bite taken out of it by a zombie, but he thought that went a bit too far. So he took it out of um, the film. Uh, there, there's a lot of casino scenes in this too. And I think that they, they filmed in this old casino in Atlantic city called the Atlantic club casino hotel. Um, it's been closed since 2014. Um, and they, you know, they had to actually install some aircon units in there for filming because it was it was so derelict and nothing was working. But cool scenes that you can see in this film. Um, in China, there are a couple of different titles for this. So in Mandarin, it's called Division of the Dead, and in Cantonese, it's called The Immortal Morning Army, which I don't mind that title. It's pretty cool. Um, cool little translation there. The other big news with this one too, and I, I'm going through this really quickly because there's heaps to say. But the other cool thing is that. It's already got an animated prequel series that Netflix have greenlit coming out called Army of the Dead Las Vegas. I think it has the whole cast from this one doing the voice acting in that. And there's also a prequel film called Army of the Thieves, which is going to come out this year too. And I'm pretty sure that follows um, yeah, one of the characters that we see in this film too. So very, very interesting there. Um, last thing, there's a little bit of scandal too. There's a comedian, Chris um, D'Elia, who was cast in this film. Um, had a couple of allegations made against him um, in August 2020. So they actually replaced um, his character with a female, um, Tignataro, who plays, um, it's like a pilot, I think her name's Peters. And all that shooting was done with a green screen or, you know, post the actual um, original production. So very, very cool little um, ability to, to do that with a film. Consensus. Consensus for this one. Rotten Tomatoes. And obviously this is about a week within that film coming out. Rotten Tomatoes has it about 70% on 191 reviews. So that is fresh. And quite a few critics have seen that one. Um, audience has it at 76%, so a little bit higher. And that's on over 100 reviews. IMDb sits on a 6 out of 10 on over 57,000 reviews already. And Letterboxd sits on a 2.9 out of 5 on about 50,000 reviews as well. So this did... Um, have a small theatrical release a week before it hit Netflix. So the 14th of May, 2021, um, hit screens in Spain, America, before Netflix on the 21st of May, 2021. It took about 780,000 at the box office in that week, which is actually the best theatrical opening for a Netflix film. It actually tops Roma's 200,000 five-day total from 2018. So um, we have covered that film on this podcast too, if you wanted to check out Roma, but um, fairly good news there for Netflix. Uh, mentioned before, filmed in Atlantic City, New Mexico, New Jersey, Las Vegas, LA, a whole bunch of places across America um, fill in for scenes for this. So I will head into my early thoughts for this where I think that this was really good fun most of the time. Um, it's exactly what you want from this style of film and something that I'll probably watch again before the, the prequel film and the, the TV um, series comes out because I did have a bit of fun uh, with this one. And we'll talk about some characters. This has got a huge cast, as I reeled off at the start of the show. The The main character is Scott Ward, played by Batista. Um, he's this burger-flipping sort of guy that 
throughout the film, and I'm going to spoil a lot of the, the film through these characters, but throughout the film you work out that he had to kill his wife and the mother of his child because she became a, a zombie. It's a traumatic event for him, and um, especially because he can't stand looking at his daughter because it reminds him of his wife. Um, and this obviously has created separation between him and his daughter um, and could probably explain why he didn't mind going out and killing so many of these creatures. And that leads into his daughter, Kate, who, um, you know, she doesn't hate him for killing the mum but she hates him for not being there afterwards when she needed him um and, and she spends his time volunteering in this refuge almost um where she comes across this character to lily the coyote who's like this leader and and she's able to go from this refuge into this blocked off land inside vegas and 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 she's very helpful for this crew as they they prepare to head in inside to to get this money inside this blocked off area of vegas because she knows the rules of the zombies inside and she's able to help them navigate their way around I guess a little bit too um, and then a few of the other characters I guess that they're on this this trip inside we've got um Vandor Vander O I think I can't even know I don't even know how to pronounce it properly he's this guy with a buzzsaw that's the main thing that you'd want to know and he's very protective of this buzzsaw and quite funny about it uh, and I think he he's struggling they briefly mentioned he's struggling with the past of of what they've had to do in the lead up to to get to safety outside this border and, and kill lots of zombies too. Um, there's this other character, Maria. She's probably the worst character. Didn't add anything at all. She's got really annoyed when Scott spent time with his daughter. Uh, they, they pick it. They bring along a, a safe picker, Dita. Um, and I think from memory that the prequel film that's coming out is based on his story before meeting these people. Um, you've got. Uh, Peters, who's the pilot, and I guess she's like the comic relief, but also the the plot device to get them out of there once they get in there, because there's a helicopter on top of this building that she can fly out. Um, and I, as I mentioned before, great job considering like she was added in as a replacement. Um, and you know, makes mention hates life, chase some cash, quite funny about it, very very interesting. Um, and the reason they're all in there, I guess, is because this Tanaka dude, he's a this sort of evil villain, rich dude who gets the ball rolling to get all these people together and, and possibly, you know, the, the motives that you hear is that he doesn't necessarily want that money. He's after that zombie blood and what he can do with that zombie blood. So kind of a little bit of a, of a evil sort of dude. There's a whole bunch of other characters that I'm probably just going to skip by because, um, watch this film and you can, you know, there's not an awful, it's a zombie film. So the development you get of these characters means very, very little. Um, Zack Snyder, we mentioned as the director here, he's got 25 directing credits. I don't need to tell you much about what he's done because I'm sure you know that, you know, good start with Dawn of the Dead in 2004, did that big um, Spartan film 300 in 2006, did Watchmen, he's done um, the DC world, Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Justice League. This guy is going to have a quite a long career, I think, in Hollywood. And I will now talk about some scenes that I liked in this one, I think. And I thought that the music throughout was excellent. Um, the Vegas songs, the the um, Elvis songs, Bad Moon on the Rise, the Zombie by the Cranberries, the, the soundtrack throughout was excellent. Really, really enjoyed that. And then leading into that, that whole opening 15 minutes was so good. Just seeing this city covered in zombies, um, such a good start of, of the setup for this one. I think that um, the first time that I actually get inside this this Vegas area that's being cut off from the world, just the, the sets were amazing. The vastness, the empty cars, the dead bodies, really, really cool. Coyote, this is the character that I mentioned before. I really like, there's a scene where she, there's this guard dude who's a horrible human being, shoots him, tells him how's an, how he's an abuser. I really, really enjoyed her ability to do that. It was a great standout scene. And I won't repeat the, the dialogue because there was quite some ordinary language in there um, from her. 
The walk through um, the room at the start was all these sleeping zombies. Really tense, great scene. These are just a couple of other little ones. There's um, a little mini side thing that, you know, one of the characters says, you know, imagine if we're in a loop and we're all destined for failure over and over again. Just watch that scene because it was so random, but I still was intrigued. Um, there's this scene where they set off uh, the, the traps to get towards the, the vault. They get this old zombie dude and, you know, there's arrows, there's bullets, and then this closing door that just squishes him everywhere, which was which was quite funny. Uh, and then finally, there's a, there's a scene with this um, zombie tiger, the death scene. Just watch it. Uh, some things that, that weren't too great. I mentioned that tiger. The CGI of the tiger was pretty ordinary. Looked really poor compared to the rest of the effects. Um, there's Zeus, who's like the head of the, the zombies, and he's got this queen. And there's a scene where he brings her body back, and they reveal that she had a zombie baby, and it goes from blue to red and then dies. And it just had no impact, no emotional touch to me. I don't know whether it was meant to be funny, but no impact at all. And the last thing is... Uh, Maria, this character I mentioned before that added nothing out of nowhere. She just says to Scott that, you know, she thought they had a thing, just wasn't needed. Just leave that out completely. Uh, now I'll quickly talk about the themes in this one. And there's a big emphasis on the value of family through Scott and his daughter. And I think that that's done really nicely through the, the beginning, through the middle and through the end. So if you want to take anything out of this film, that's definitely something you could take. There's a brief touch on politics throughout this idea about, you know, this wall keeping people out of American cities and this idea of coyotes leading them back in and, and who's important in America now because um, there's this commentary on, you know, it's meant to be a free country, but it's not really. Um, and then what's happening in the world today too, I just really thought, you know, there's these temperature checks with thermometers on the head and, you know, quarantine camps and things like that. And I was just like, this is so relevant, even though this was made, this was, you know, produced in 2019, um, just some things that really touch home um, to our 20. 21 world and um to just this brief touch on political correctness that stood out to me where the japanese character tanaka says you know easy peasy japanese and the characters jump down no you can't say that and i just thought that was cool so what do i take from this one i think that possibly because the last 12 months the movie schedule has been pretty clogged with uneventful drama pieces and i think it was just nice to see this big budget film with lots of action lots of fun and this would have been excellent in the cinema if i had the opportunity to do that IMDb, sometimes we jump on to IMDb to, to check out any characters or people that we recognize. Now, Tanaka is this the Japanese villain that I mentioned. First scene I saw him, like, that is the dude from Lost, and, and I was right. Um, he was also in this TV show called Helix that I watched a little bit of, and the thing that's probably most recent in my mind is that he plays Scorpion in um, Mortal Kombat film that came out this year, which is also worth checking out if you get the chance. Um, and I'm going to wrap that one up now because I've enjoyed this. I've, I've had a good chat. I've, I've highlighted some really good scenes. I think that this delivered on what it set out to be. Uh, it's a zombie film. It's got outrageous situations. There's blood, there's guts, there's gore. There's lots of headshots, lots of kills. Uh, it's visually pretty good and gave me the characters that I wanted to see succeed. And I really can't wait to see some more stories from this universe. Um, as long as they add a little bit to the heart and to the humor that they started with this one that probably could have gone a bit further. So I'm giving this a three and a half out of five. Worth a watch um, if you just want something that's completely fun <laughs> that's all i can say uh, we have social media i've got twitter i've got instagram give us a follow facebook too i just want to know what's your favorite snyder work what's your favorite snyder film um because he does these big budget films and i just want to see what are what are some other favorite snyder ones that are out there um as usual we will be back to our regular episodes um throughout the week on a wednesday We've got a huge catalog of over 150 or oh, sorry nearly not quite nearly 150 episodes so if there's a netflix original film that you've seen we've probably done an episode and you might want to hear our commentary on it so feel free go through our catalog check it out you can find it at all good podcast providers spotify apple podcasts google podcast amazon podcasts we are there so give us a google search and thank you for playing along today